For over 45 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green will give you the kind of person-to-person help and attention that mass-market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. and uh, always looking to bring you the latest and greatest related to health and wellness. So thank you for tuning in. You can always stream our show as it airs on Sunday uh, on the Internet if you're not local by going to www.federalnewsradio. And again, it airs at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Sundays. You can also listen to all of our previously recorded shows in our archive section if you go to the Village Green website, www.myvillagegreen.com. On the right-hand side of the homepage, there's a microphone icon. If you click on that, it will take you to the archive show section. You can also go to iTunes and search under The Essentials of Healthy Living, and you'll find all the shows that Dana and I do every week. So again, thanks for being avid listeners and tuning in. Today, I've got a lot of things lined up, cramming two guests into the show today. First segment, we're going to be talking with somebody about a recent study that came out in USA Today about side effects from dietary supplements and 23,000 people a year to the ER as a result of dietary supplements. I'd like to put that conversation into context. Some of these news stories can um, definitely show one side of the picture, and it's not that the supplement industry is completely devoid of any problems, but certainly understanding the real science and the real data behind some of these sensationalized stories helps to put it into perspective and helps you as listeners understand that if you're taking dietary supplements, the the risks, the dangers, the benefits, and you know, a lot of times when people interface with their health professionals or other people, they tend to throw this kind of study in their face. And it's nice for all of you to have the facts about what it really means so that you can feel supported in your decisions to use dietary supplements for whatever reason you see fit. In the next part of the show, I'm going to have another guest on. We have Dr. Fatui, who's an MD, PhD, Harvard trained, been doing work in the field of neurology, Alzheimer's, dementia, memory loss. He's written several books. He's a very well-known expert in the field of neurology, and um, he's going to be a, a really phenomenal guest. So we've got a lot of things lined up today. First off, we're going to hit the ground running here. We've got Dr. Duffy Mackay. Dr. Duffy is a naturopathic physician. He is also the senior vice president of science. Scientific and Regulatory Affairs for the Council for Responsible Nutrition. Dr. Mackay, thank you for being on the show with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to help us understand what this news article was. If you could just briefly, for our listeners who didn't see it or weren't aware of it, maybe just give a brief intro of what the study said, and then maybe just give a little bit about feedback about you know some of the less sensationalized news aspect and what it, what it really means. Well, thank you first, Kevin. Um... Uh, Dr. Passero for having me on the air here at the Village Green Radio Show. It's great to be here. And the study we're talking about was originally published in the New England Journal of Medicine. So that is a high-profile, high-impact journal, and that's why there was quite a few news articles published about it, including the USA Today article that you're referring to. And overall, when you look at the study as a scientific study and you look at the data that was generated, the study does reinforce and demonstrate that dietary supplements are safe products. 
And as you mentioned before, context is totally key. Mm -hmm. So how they did the study. First, they gathered information on emergency room visits that were associated with, meaning the doctor charted that either a dietary supplement or actually other over-the-counter products that can be purchased at pharmacies and drugstores. So that's one of the things not talked about in some of these news articles is that the products that made up the number of emergency room visits included skin creams and shampoos Mm. and eye drops. And these products are actually not regulated as dietary supplements. Um, the authors acknowledged this, and they you know, could not parse out the data. Sure. So you have these data points related to all of these product categories you find in pharmacies and drugstores, and you make a projection to 23,000 visits. Now, even if you accept that that 23,000 visit number in the model they used, that is still far less and one-tenth of one percent of people who use dietary supplements will visit the emergency room. Okay, so, wait, wait, say that again. So that's less than one-tenth of one percent of... Absolutely, absolutely. So right. you take the absolute number of 23,000, you have over 150 million users of dietary supplements each year. So 150 million Americans take dietary supplements. Right. You, do the new, uh, you do the math there, and it's far less than one-tenth of one percent. Right. Now, if you were able to remove what products were actually regulated as over-the-counter drugs or skin creams or other things, now that number is even smaller. Mm -hmm. So the overarching message is this is a very safe category of products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you look at that, I mean, can you compare that at all to pharmaceutical adverse reactions in the ER? Well... We all know, and the authors do point out, there are far more in that yeah. category of products, but that's, it's entirely different because, yeah. you know, when you look at pharmaceuticals, you have a benefit, you know, associated that is a known benefit, and then you have a known risk. So those adverse events related to pharmaceuticals are often anticipated. Right. So why these authors were, were, were kind of pushing this study as, as a, a policy wake-up, which it really is not. It really demonstrates that these products are overwhelmingly safe, but they're saying that the, the authors kind of come from this zero tolerance, that there should be zero events. And that's just right. not, I mean, everything, you know, we know that people choke on hot dogs and carrots. Right. Well, let's talk about kind of what the events were, because when you just hear ER, ER visits, the first thing that you worry about or the first thing that the story seems to conjure up is, was something contaminated? Was it something serious? Were they right. poisoned? Were they, right. you know, right, right. W- let's look at what the ER visits actually were and, you know, what they consisted of, or at least what some of the data is, because I think that sheds even more light on, on what the study shows. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few good takeaways. And I think you're absolutely, it's an actual, absolutely interesting when you think of that. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are without primary care, so they go to their emergency room as their first, yeah. you know, interface with health care. And when we well, um, a large number of these products were actually unsupervised children mm-hmm. getting into dietary supplements. So you can imagine mom walks in the room, the gummy calcium's all over the floor. She swoops up the child and runs off to the emergency room. And then what takes place? Well, they, I don't know how many they ate. The doctor says, well, they are fine. You can go home. So that's an emergency room re- visit related to an unsupervised children. Mm-hmm. And there's a lesson there for everyone. There's a lesson that, you know, keep your products stored up in a way in a safe place where your kids can't get to them. Right, but this applies to uh, dishwashing liquid, this applies to your Windex, this applies to your over-the-counter non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, to your over-the-counter acid reflux. I mean, it applies to everything, not dietary supplements themselves. Correct, and and there are many, many emergency room visits when the kid does get into the Windex that is not kept up in a way of men, so we have to take that into, you know, that's why context is so key. Yep. 
Um, there was another uh, another category, and in, in, in older Americans, 65 years and older, there was a fair amount of either dis- difficulty swallowing or choking cases. Mm. And that's a place where the supplement industry really has championed innovation and done, you know, modifications such as liquids and gummies and effervescence mm-hmm. and chewables, other options other than large uh, tablets. And so um, it's really important that if people are having any trouble, say, swallowing their multi, that they talk to their doctor or other healthcare care provider, which is important for all dietary supplements. Always want to tell your doctor what you're taking, why you're taking them, um, what drugs you're taking, so that someone is aware of everything you're taking. Um, and if you're having trouble swallowing, they can point you to another product that might be a liquid or a gummy or a chewable or something more appropriate for that individual. Yeah. Those are all really good points. And I think, you know, sort of summing it up, the article implies that dietary supplements are not safe. And when you look at the data and you look at unsupervised children, choking hazards, these are things that apply way beyond just dietary supplements. Now, we know that uh, there is a lot of backlash against dietary supplements. Are they regulated? Are they safe? Is what is listed as in them actually in them? Are they contaminated? Well, most people don't realize there are laws in place that regulate the production of dietary supplements. And in fact, if you look at the data of the study, it really does show that dietary supplements are incredibly safe. Correct, Duffy? Absolutely. And, you know, and more specifically, if you look at the period the data was collected, which was 2004 to 2013, there were uh, the dietary supplement industry over this period of time advocated for additional uh, laws and regulations. For example, um, the good manufacturing practices came along in 2007. That's when FDA finally wrote the final rule and they started inspecting facilities. So, Another interesting data point is that the number was stable throughout this 10-year period. Was it 10 years? Well, whatever, whatever number we yeah, So about 10-year period, the number was stable, um, yet the number of users of these products grew, mm. you know, incredibly. So, yeah. again, demonstrating safety. Plus, the industry adv- advocated for things like the good manufacturing practices right. in 2007 in addition, there is adverse event reporting law that passed in 2006, mm-hmm. which means that when there is an event like a choking and an emergency room visit, that gets reported to the FDA. They look for signals, and if there are true safety signals, they have the authority to act, remove a product, recommend a different serving size. Right. And we've seen things like this. We've seen, like for example, with vitamin D droppers for infants, where FDA said, you know, the way the droppers work, it's too easy to give too much. Yeah. We want to set out a guidance that makes manufacturers use a very specific dropper so that they're safer. And that's the role of FDA and the role of industry working together, the role of these laws like the adverse event reporting law to make this a safe product category. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you, Duffy. And it is all things that are produced as medicines have the potential to have problems. And I'm on an FDA listserv where I get emails every day when there's a recall with any foods or drugs or anything like that. And every day I get at least two email alerts about a drug that is potentially being recalled because of manufacturing inaccuracies, potentially contaminated with bacteria or some type of uh, contaminant. It happens not just in the dietary supplement world. It happens in the pharmaceutical world all the time. There's just rarely ever front page news stories about it. The dietary industry seems to be one that people like to crusade against for political reasons or attention or whatever it might be. So just keep that in mind. 
keep with the information we shared with you today in mind and understand that what the study actually shows is that dietary supplements are incredibly safe when you look at the data. So thank you, Dr. Mackay, for being on the show with us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we always love having you on. Everybody, we're going to be back in just a few minutes, and we're going to have Dr. Uh, Fatui on to start talking about this exciting work that he's done for the last 25 years regarding memory, aging, and concussions, talking about Alzheimer's, brain health, an incredibly important topic this day and age. So don't go anywhere. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living. We're going to be back right after these words. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. FitFood provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's NeuroOptimizer comes to the rescue. NeuroOptimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. NeuroOptimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. NeuroOptimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green. Apothecary. If you have arthritis, everyday tasks can become a challenge. That's why more and more doctors are recommending Arthrobin, an all-natural medical food for the dietary management of osteoarthritis. It contains a combination of bioflavonoids, which work to reduce inflammation and joint deterioration, along with collagen peptides, which increase joint mobility, function, and repair. Arthrobin is not a drug and is virtually free of negative side effects. Look for Arthrobin by Designs for Health Today, available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Facero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. In that last segment, we were just reviewing some of the aspects of that article that came out in the USA Today about dietary supplements and ER visits. I hope you all found it very helpful. We always give a big thanks to Dr. Duffy Mackay for being on the show with us. Today, we're transitioning into the next segment. Very excited to have our special guest on. He's a neurologist specializing in things that we can do 
do to upgrade and help our brain, memory, dementia, Alzheimer's, looking at how to address these conditions in a preventative manner, as well as new innovative treatments for addressing them if you've already developed them. I'm going to read a little bit of Dr. Fatui's bio, and then we're just going to have him on here. Dr. Fatui received his medical degree, cum laude, from Harvard Medical School as a member of the Harvard-MIT Division of Health Sciences and Technology and his doctoral Ph.D. degree in neuroscience from Johns Hopkins University. He is currently the chairman of the NeuroGrow Brain Fitness Center, an affiliate staff at Johns Hopkins Howard County General Hospital, and a lecturer at Harvard Medical School. In the past, he served as an assistant professor of neurology at Johns Hopkins as director of Center for, of Me- for Memory and Brain Health at Sinai Hospital and as the chief medical officer at the NeuroExpand Brain Center. You can learn more about Dr. Fatui at www.neurogrow.com, and he just opened his clinic in Tyson's Corner. For So for all of you that are local and looking for support with neurological issues, particularly related to brain health, definitely think about looking up Dr. Fatui and visiting him in Tyson's Corner. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us today. Um, if there's any other things that you'd like to introduce about yourself, Dr. Fatui, to the listeners, I think that would be great. And then maybe we can start talking about brain health and discuss some things that are bad for our brain, good for our brain, and what we do to support our brain. Well, thank you very much for having me on your show, Kevin. Um, as you said, um, you know, I did uh, go to Harvard for my MD and to Hopkins for my PhD. And then I wrote a book in 2002 about how you can protect your brain uh, against Alzheimer's disease. Uh, I wrote another book in 2005 about how crossword puzzles and other things can boost your brain. And finally, I wrote a book uh, two years ago about how you can literally grow your brain. This mm-hmm. is cutting-edge science that shows you can grow your brain, and especially the memory part of your brain, so much so that you can see it on MRIs. Um, this is exciting, and that's why I have formed a new company called NeuroGrow Brain Fitness Center, where we help people literally grow new cells in their brain and boost their memory and cognitive performance. Yeah, we've certainly learned a lot about brain plasticity in the last 10 years and, you know, even sooner. And it's really amazing. I always love citing a great study just about exercise in elderly people, actually regular walking, growing brain size. It was, you know, we can actually reverse some of these things. So it's really exciting. I think some people now are starting to consider things like Alzheimer's and dementia, conditions that we never considered preventable as potentially being somewhat preventable if you do the right things to support your brain and your body. Would you agree with that, Dr. Fatui? Yes, I absolutely agree with you. Now, that's a change in the paradigm, right? There's a total paradigm shift in the way we look at cognitive aging and what we call Alzheimer's disease. I think um, calling elderly who become forgetful and repeat themselves multiple times as having a single disease entity, it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. The majority of time, people in their 70s and 80s have five, six, or 10 causes for why their memory is not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that complex set of etiologies could be the plaques and tangles, these clumps of proteins that damage the brain. Mm-hmm. That's what's called Alzheimer's. So Alzheimer's is when certain two proteins in particular clump up. They become a piece of gum and damage the brain. 
when people in their 50s have that, that is a pure case of Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. It's like having lung cancer. It's just one thing. Mm-hmm. But in elderly, people in their 70s and 80s, the plaques and tangles are one of many things that damage the brain, and most of the time are not the sole or even the primary cause. Now, when people become demented, when they lose the ability to function because of brain issues, they look the same on the outside. In both cases, they get lost driving, they forget names of loved ones, uh, so they look the same, and, and some people in the 1960s argued that because they look the same, we should call it Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And now the, swing, the pendulum is swinging the other way, that we should not overdiagnose people with Alzheimer's because that prevents us from treating them for their treatable components. Exactly. Yeah, pigeon holds them into this one type of pathology, whereas they may have the outward symptoms, but a totally different process going on in their body, which may actually be addressable through different means. Exactly. And all those things are, you know, that's, you know the 10 things, for example, 9 out of 10 are totally treatable factors. Many of them depend on your lifestyle choices. So let's talk about it. Let, let's get into that, because I think people are going to be excited to learn that, you know, there are treatable factors, because as we know, the, the therapies available for treating Alzheimer's are, are not where we want them to be at this point. And if it's a straight case, there are things we can do for management, but we haven't had the big breakthrough in treatments that we're hoping for. So it's exciting to think that there may be other contributing factors that are treatable. So let's start by understanding the brain, what the brain likes, and primarily, what are some things that are really bad for the brain that if you start avoiding may help to support your brain and reduce some of your risks of developing dementia-type symptoms as you get older. Yes. So your point about how the clinical trials have failed all along is absolutely accurate. And the reason these clinical trials have failed is because they target one or two proteins and patients have 10 things wrong with them and fixing one or two things may make a dent in their overall cognitive function, but it will not cure them. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the paradigm shift. There's a total, way of, a total new way of looking at the brain. I actually favor stopping the word Alzheimer's altogether because mm-hmm. so many patients shut down once they're told they have Alzheimer's and they don't have the energy or the interest because they think they're doomed. They're going to die soon in a nursing home and mm-hmm. they shut down. And with the brain, you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. So use it or lose it really... Uh, applies to your brain more so than it applies to muscles. So what are some of those things that shrink your brain? One of the worst things for your brain uh, are vascular risk factors. Hypertension, obesity, diabetes erode your brain, and especially the memory part of your brain, which is called hippocampus. So you have one hippocampus on the left side, one on the right. Each one is approximately the size of your thumb. Mm. And this is the part of the brain in which you hold short-term memory and then you convert it to long-term memory. So if you remember your wedding evening, the reason you remember it is because hippocampus did a great job on converting whatever happened that day and that evening into long-term memory. Now, if I ask you what you did, you know, the week after your wedding, you may not remember it because that was another day unless it was something you know, maybe that day you won a million dollar, Right. Uh, in which case you remember that day just as well as you remember your wedding day. Uh, so the hippocampus is a part of the brain critical for memory, and vascular risk factors such as obesity, uh, hypertension, and, and diabetes literally make it 
smaller and smaller. Right. So, so the bigger the belly, yep. the smaller the hippocampus. The worse your diabetes, the smaller the hippocampus. The worse your hypertension, and for a long period of time, the smaller is your hippocampus. Now that's exciting because as a naturopathic doctor, we've always, I've always gone by the philosophy of prevention. And when you look at conditions like cardiovascular disease, we've known that things like obesity, high blood pressure, um, diabetes, all put your heart at significant risk. But what you're saying and what the research is starting to show us is that these same risk factors are what not only gives you cardiovascular risk, but also give you risk for these brain-related conditions. Yes. Which they, gives they us shrivel your brain shrivel and make brain. it demented. Which gives us an opportunity to look at this type of condition from a preventative standpoint, which is so exciting. Yes, it is. And the, uh, the good news, which I'll tell you in a minute, is that you know even though you may have had obesity or diabetes or hypertension for decades, an intensive multidisciplinary program like the one that we have in our Neurocoral Brain Center can reverse things within months. Mm. Because if you have an intensive treatment, especially if it's coordinated and multidisciplinary, it can reverse years of erosion in your brain. It the is, second thing is yeah. that's bad for your brain is stress. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing so good, Dr. Food. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble with that one. Yeah, and you know, when you're stressed, cortisol levels go up. Mm-hmm. Cortisol is toxic to your hippocampus. Mm-hmm. And the relationship between the dose of stress and shrinkage of your hippocampus is linear, mm-hmm. which means the more stressed you are, the more your hippocampus shrinks. Mm-hmm. Same applies to depression. The higher dose of depression over a longer period of time means that your hippocampus is much smaller over a long period of time. It's linear. It is incredible how things that we don't usually put together uh, do have a very uh, direct relationship. But and, and these are things that we're that we're really finding are at least some of them like cortisol and these different blood sugars. They're they're not just correlations; they're actually causations. Is it? Because there's a big difference in medicine between looking at correlating factors versus something that we think is actually causing something. And I think yeah. what you're saying is the science is actually showing us that it's actually causing hippocampal Shrinkage. Yes, and that's an excellent point because, yeah. you know, if you find, you know, people who are rich also have less hypertension, therefore get rich and then you won't have hypertension. Well, you know, two things that occur together, they don't necessarily mean they're causal. Right. But in this case of stress, for example, you can, you can in, inject cortisol in the brains of mice and you see that the more you inject, the smaller hippocampus gets. Mm. And then you can stress them, and you see that the more you stress them, the more is the cortisol. Mm. And so uh, we have causal, we have evidence for a causal relationship between stress and shrinkage in the hippocampus. Mm. Really interesting. Okay, we're going to have to take a break in a few minutes, but let's get, before we do that, do you have any other big-ticket items that we know are really bad for our brain? Yes, concussion. Mm. Uh, concussion is another factor that seriously shrinks your hippocampus and is dose-dependent. The more you've had concussions and the longer time you've played football or other contact sports, the smaller your hippocampus gets. Mm. Okay, but hopefully with intensive therapy and the right lifestyle, again, something that could potentially be reversible or could support your brain in other ways to help make up for damage as much as possible. Yes, your brain is very malleable. 
It yeah, which is interesting. Easily, yeah. It grows easily. Right, which is great because when you look at things like heart disease, I mean, the, the, the heart when it's damaged isn't as malleable as the brain. Is that, I mean, correct? Yeah, I mean, you right, damage yeah. your heart, you, a part of your heart dies. But what we're learning about the brain is that it actually has a lot more plasticity than we ever thought possible. So this idea that we can regenerate parts of our brain, although it does take time, is really becoming a widely accepted theory. Now, what's really exciting is that it does not take too much time. That's yep. what's cutting edge. Uh, you can do it in three months. In three months, you can grow your brain for the same amount that it would have shrunken by 15 years of all those bad things we talked about. Wow. And then with the right ongoing therapy, you can maintain that established right. growth. Is that correct? You can set a goal such that next year your brain will be bigger and your memory will be better. Wow. That is incredibly exciting. So, all right, we're going to have to take a quick break, but I'm going to give you an opportunity real quick, list off any other things that we know are really bad for our brain. Well, the other thing that's bad for the brain are uh, things that uh, poor diet uh, can affect the brain in, in, in a serious way. People who have junk food have a smaller brain, and this has been shown over and over again, that junk food, trans fatty acids, um, they're really bad for the brain. So French fries, donut are things that are really bad. Things that spike your blood sugar are particularly bad for your brain. Um, of course, if you have um, stroke or congestive heart failure, that's really bad for your brain too. Mm-hmm. Sedentary lifestyle, a couch potato lifestyle mm-hmm. is really bad. In fact, of all the things I've told you, research has shown that sedentary lifestyle is the worst. Yeah. Well, One study showed that half of the cases of dementia in the world are due to seven modifiable risk factors. Mm. And number one on that list is sedentary lifestyle. Sure. Well, sedentary lifestyle relates to a lot of the other factors like obesity, yeah. high blood pressure, um, you know, uh, diabetes, all of those things. So it makes perfect sense. Okay, Dr. Fatui, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's kind of start putting the rubber to the road. How do we reverse it? And what are some of the cutting edge things that you're doing at your clinic in Tyson's Corner to help people significantly improve the size of their brain and as a result, improve their memory and support their brain and neurological function in general. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the essentials of healthy living here on AM 1500. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village 
Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't handle? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula for you, or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. We invite you to talk with one of our compounding specialists today. Our team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths offering customized products and personalized healthy living plans to ensure your well-being. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I'm your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you for tuning in. We're covering a lot of ground today. In the last segment, we wrapped up our first um, segment with Dr. Fatui, who is a uh, medical doctor, graduated cum laude from Harvard Medical School as a member of the Harvard-MIT Division of Health Sciences and Technology, and he received his doctoral PhD degree in neuroscience from Johns Hopkins University. He is currently running a clinic in Tyson's Corner called NeuroGrow Brain and Fitness Center. You can learn more by going to www.neurogrow.com. So, Dr. Fatui, in the last segment, we covered some of the things that we know are really bad for the brain. Diabetes and high blood sugar, stress, concussion, high blood pressure, obesity, sedentary lifestyle, depression, uh, trans fat consumption through junk food. So let's talk about reversing it and how do we go about, I guess, understanding if our brains have shrunk? I mean, who's a good candidate to come into your clinic? I mean, we know that somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia, but what about somebody who's like middle age and they just don't want to get it and they're just kind of just like they go to a cardiologist to get a checkup on their heart and an EKG? Right now in neurology, you can't walk into a neurologist's office at 50 and say, I don't want to get Alzheimer's. What kind of test can you run and what can I do, right? Yes, that's exactly what I do. And that's what I think that people should be doing at a national level. You know, people at age 50, they get a colonoscopy, they get mammography, they get this, you know, usual body health checkups. I think that uh, they should offer a brain health checkup as well because, you know, I think most people agree that your brain is the most important organ uh, in your body and, and it should get the highest priority. Um, I think it's more important to find for risk factor for uh, dementia than a polyp. Right, but I mean, he, here's the thing, right? It's not in the paradigm, right? I mean, this is not, this is new. This yeah. research is relatively new. And you know, the averages are about, it's about 15 to 17 years for 
conventional, regular, everyday medical practice to oftentimes catch up with research. So you are on the cutting edge. I imagine that in 15, 20 years, it will all be standard, that neurologists will be looking at people from early on and using uh, markers to help understand what their risk factors are and how to use preventative measures to prevent dementia and Alzheimer's. So, so talk about what you're doing and, and how somebody might approach this. Okay, so I hope that um, your listeners will really make a brain health checkup a priority for them. We offer them here. I also was on NBC's Today Show, and um, I put together a brain health questionnaire for the people to check the brain health. So can people can find that on your website? Yes. Okay, great. So that's at www.neurogrow.com. People can find your questionnaire. Yeah, so that's a one place to sort of get an overall uh, look at um, your brain health. And again, a lot of things affect your brain that you would not ordinarily think of. For example, if you have insomnia or sleep apnea, that is a major risk factor for your brain shrinking. And so you can go through the questionnaire and find out your risk factors. So let's talk about good news now. We talk about bad news enough. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about good news now. The good news is that your brain has malleability and it can grow as easily as it shrinks. So what are some of the things you could do to grow your brain and specifically the memory part of your brain, which is called hippocampus, uh, some size structure near your ears, inside your brain, deep in the brain. The single most important thing you could do to rev up your hippocampus is exercise. And I mean mm -hmm. things that make you be in better physical shape. Now, um, there are many studies have shown that there is a linear relationship with how much you walk and how big your hippocampus gets. There is also another study that shows that the more fit you are, the bigger your hippocampus gets. Mm -hmm. Now, everything we're talking about applies to, you know, people, middle-aged people, mostly people in their 60s, 70s, and somewhat 80s. But these things also apply applies to adolescents or kids. One study showed that kids who are not fit, who are sort of sedentary, their hippocampus is 12% smaller than kids who exercise and are fit. We're mm. talking about kids, the children, elementary mm. school children. Another study showed that adolescents who have obesity and diabetes have a much smaller hippocampus than adolescents who don't have these things. So this is not just for people who are getting older. It applies to all age groups. And exercise, the one thing that affects the hippocampus the most in, in a good way. Mm. Um, and, fact, and when you talked about, I'm sorry to interrupt, go ahead. Yeah, so um, when we're talking, you, know, you, you mentioned you had, you had heard about study that if you take middle-aged people and put them on a walking program, those who walked 45 minutes, four days a week, grew the size of the hippocampus over a one-year period, and those who didn't had a shrinkage in their brain. See, your brain, your hippocampus, shrinks by, by about 0.5% per year after age 50. Mm. And that's average. So some people may have 1% or 2%. Some people may have 0.1% per year. And when you put people on a just a you know, fairly reasonable walking program, their hippocampus grows to the point of someone who has a brain four years younger. Mm. Just walking, not changing your diet, not doing anything else, just walking one mile a day four days a week would increase the size of the campus. And those who do this 
on a regular basis have a 48% reduction in, a, in the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. 48% less likelihood of developing Alzheimer's disease. That's really important. It is important. Now, I'd like to just bring up one point. I always like to differentiate between exercise and activity. So are most of the studies talking about like some people wear um, the little pedometers and they say, oh, well, I walk two miles a day, but it's maybe they walk uh, across the building for a meeting that takes five minutes and then they sit for an hour and then they walk here for 10 minutes and then they sit for an hour. And we're looking at this. Isn't it usually exercise like a sustained elevation of heart rate for a, for a set period of time? Yes. Yeah. Obviously, I would take it if somebody says, look, all I can do is walk 10,000 steps a day and that's it, I'll take it. Right. Because that's much better than someone who sits at his desk or her desk and doesn't do anything. Um, so anything is better than nothing. But ideally, you want to have at least 20 minutes of exercise to the point where you get to the huff and puff. Mm-hmm. You want to get your heart rate up and you want to have exertion. You know, they say this in, in, in bodybuilding and weight training, uh, no pain, no gain. I think <laughs> it has to do with the fact that you know, some fibers are torn and some mitochondria mm-hmm. are born, and that applies to your brain. Your hippocampus needs mitochondria, these mm-hmm. energy-boosting factories inside your brain cells. And to rev them up, you have to get to exercise to the point that you exert yourself, you, you, you huff and puff. And uh, 20 minutes is uh, really the minimum. And and there's scientific evidence that says that your body metabolism goes from aerobic to anaerobic. And so there's a lot of science for why there is that criteria of a little, about 20 minutes. There mm-hmm. are physiological changes that happen. Most important thing, though, is you need to be fit. If you want to walk around and that's all you do and you're fit, then that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can go up 10 flights of stairs without stopping, that's good. If you can't do it, then you should put yourself in whatever program that works for you to get there. Okay, great. So exercise, major, major component. What else? The second thing is your food and, and diet choices. The best diet for the brain is a Mediterranean diet, a diet that's high in fruits and vegetables, salmon, some other fish, one or two glasses of wine, although that should be last on your list of things to do, and avoiding... Uh, fat food, you know, junk food. Mm-hmm. Literally, junk food shrinks your brain, and Mediterranean diet boosts your brain. And there is one supplement I recommend, and that's omega-3 fatty acids. These omega-3 fatty acids, and the two main ones are DHA and EPA, are critical for your brain in at least four different ways. They increase blood flow to the brain. They reduce inflammation in the brain. They increase the protein in the brain called BDNF, brain drive neurotrophic factor, and they literally reduce the clumps of protein that are associated with Alzheimer's disease. Um, I take uh, omega-3 fatty acids myself. My lovely wife takes it, and we have two daughters who are 8 and 10, and we give it to them too. There's no harm in taking these, and uh, I I really prefer not to use this word, but it's a no-brainer. You really (laughs) need to take omega-3 fatty acids, because your body doesn't make it. It's a, it's a vitamin, and fish don't make it either. They get they get it from algae. Mm-hmm. In fact, the best source of um, DHA is algae, and there was one study that used algal DHA at a dose of 900 milligrams per day in people in their 50s and 60s, 
and they found that six months of taking this supplement results in improved memory at a point of someone who is three or four years younger. Mm. So avoid junk food, eat healthy food, and make sure you take omega-3 fatty acids. Right. So this is, again, sounding a lot like what the recommendations are to prevent cardiovascular problems, exercise, Mediterranean diet, omega-3 fatty acids. What's good for the heart is good for the brain. What's interesting, Kevin, is that I was watching a PBS program about prevention of prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And many other things I've told you so far, and I'll be telling you in the next 10, 15 minutes, are the same. Yeah. So there's something universal about how the cells in our body and brain work. Well, of course. Yeah, this is how our our cells were designed to thrive with good food, activity, right? And, and, you know, a a healthy physiological state. And um, we've moved so far away from that with so many of the lifestyle habits we've picked up that it it makes sense that almost all things would benefit when you look at this. But it's exciting to see the science, the hard science showing that these conditions that we're all so fearful of getting as we get older that are becoming so much more epidemic actually can be prevented without even turning all the time to drug therapies that are oftentimes coming up short. So, Dr. Fatui, when we come back from the break, let's finish up um, this last segment and let's talk about other things we can do to support and reverse some of the damage that occurs in our brain. And I'd love for you to kind of detail a little bit more about the cutting-edge program that you're offering at the NeuroGrow Brain and Fitness Center here in in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. So um, don't go anywhere, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin Passero, and we're going to be back right after these words. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments now available at village green apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com for over 10 years nordic naturals has been the world leader in crafting omega-3 fish oils that are great for the body and for the planet they work one-on-one with researchers and select fishermen to harvest only those fish species that are flourishing with nordic naturals you get all the benefits of omega-3 a strong heart clear eyes and flexible joints plus the reassurance that their products are environmentally friendly to learn more visit village green apothecary or visit nordicnaturals.com nordic naturals Committed to the planet. Committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formula supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. If you have arthritis, everyday tasks can become a challenge. 
That's why more and more doctors are recommending Arthrobin, an all-natural medical food for the dietary management of osteoarthritis. It contains a combination of bioflavonoids, which work to reduce inflammation and joint deterioration, along with collagen peptides, which increase joint mobility, function, and repair. Arthrobin is not a drug and is virtually free of negative side effects. Look for Arthrobin by Designs for Health Today, available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We've been having a phenomenal conversation with Dr. Fatui, who is a uh, Harvard and Hopkins-trained medical doctor and PhD specializing in neurology. And he is the director and founder of NeuroGrow Brain Fitness Center in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. And we're talking about preventable strategies for supporting your brain. These are things that you can do on a daily basis to help reduce your risk of developing serious neurological problems, especially ones related to aging like Alzheimer's disease and dementia. So Dr. Fatui, we talked in the last segment about some of the most important things we can do to help our brain. You outlined exercise, you outlined food and diet, like a Mediterranean diet. You talked about some specific nutrients, primarily omega-3 fatty acids. I'd like in this segment, it's our last one for you to finish up any really important takeaways that people need to know about how to support their brain. And also, I would love for you to take us through what you're doing at the NeuroGrow Brain Fitness Center so we can understand what an evaluation might look like for someone who is looking to support their brain or has a neurological condition that they're looking for help with. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Kevin. Um, And thanks that can also improve your brain and reduce the uh, size of your hippocampals uh, in addition to exercise and diet, omega-3 fatty acids include better sleep, meditation, and having a purpose in life. Mm. And that's something I think is very interesting. If you do what you love to do, if you feel like you're making a difference in this world, that helps your brain immensely. Mm. People who have a sense of purpose in their life have 50% fewer strokes in their brain and are less likely to develop Alzheimer's disease. And so I've been studying these things. I've been writing books and writing scientific articles and giving lectures about these topics for about 20 years now. And finally, I decided, you know, I need to open my own brain center and apply all this knowledge into a clinical program. So this September, I started the NeuroGrow Brain Fitness Center here in Tyson's Corner, and I have a program called Brain Fitness Program. And I think that what I'm doing now will be a routine practice 10 years from now. I honestly believe that, as you mentioned earlier, 10 or 15 years from now, people will look at brain the same way people looked at cardiac health 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You know, people realized that there are things they could do to prevent heart attacks. They started doing it, and it worked. And now we're realizing that there are things you could do for your brain, and we have solid evidence, and we just need to educate the public. And more importantly, we need to educate our fellow physicians to change the way they look at aging. Just because you get get in your uh, 70s and 80s, you should not get old. Mm -hmm. Aging and getting old should not be the same. You should plan to be in your 70s and be young, and then just die and get over with, 90s, 100, or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So we need to change the way we look at aging, especially with, when it comes to brain health and how it affects, how it's affected by aging. So what I do uh, in my program is four steps. Step number one is to see me. 
Because when I sit down with you or your mother or somebody who's here with a concern for Alzheimer's disease, even though they're functioning, they're driving and paying the bills and doing everything else, but they're worried about Alzheimer's, just to sit down and, and do, do, do a head-to-toe evaluation. I have a list of 50 things I check for. It starts with depression, anxiety, insomnia, hearing problems, gum disease, thyroid problems, heart problems, lung problems, hormone problems, deficiencies, uh, vitamin deficiencies, and so forth. So then I make a, a complete inventory of all the things that may be affecting your brain. That was the step number one. Step number two is to do get some tests to obtain some objective information that could help me design a program for you. So the, the test could include a brain MRI. I can look at the size of your campus. Uh, I check people's fitness. We have a fitness testing uh, at our center, and that tells me how fit you are, not a stress test, which would tell me whether or not you can have a heart attack, but how fit you are, and we have standardized information as how fit you're supposed to be. We do blood tests to check for B12 levels, vitamin D levels, um, hormone levels as needed. Sleep studies are done if people need them, and they're done at outside entities, check for sleep apnea or insomnia. Some people may need carotid ultrasound to check out blood flow to their brain. Cognitive testing tells me what the exact problem is. You know, some people may complain about memory, but their problem is really poor attention. Mm-hmm. They don't register the information in the first place. They don't forget it. They don't really know the information in the first place. They don't forget the, someone's name. They didn't consolidate the information when they met that person in the first place. So not everybody needs all the tests. You know, the tests will be only done if necessary based on the first evaluation. Mm-hmm. The third step on this after evaluation by Dr. Fatui, after having the test done, is to start the program. And the program will be to do three things. Um, provide um, meditation, stress reduction, counseling, since stress anxiety seems to be such a universal problem in our in our com- community, in our society. And uh, there are very few people who are not stressed. And meditation has been shown to grow the size of your campus. So we spend some time teaching you how to meditate. The second thing is cognitive skills training. If you find that the problem is attention or memory or slow, organi- you know, uh, slow cognitive processing or executive function problems, we can treat those the same way a physical therapist can fix your left arm or right shoulder and so forth. Third thing is something called neurofeedback. This is cutting-edge technology to improve your brain activity. We do an EEG, which shows the brain activity, and then we can use that kind of information to help our patients improve their own brain activity. So those three things, the, the counseling, cognitive skills training, and neurofeedback, are provided for patients as needed. So if somebody doesn't have any anxiety, insomnia, anything like that, they will not need the meditation and so forth. In parallel with these, I work with the patient's primary care physician closely to make sure that their sleep apnea, their insomnia, their hypertension, congestive heart failure, everything else collect, uh, treated uh, effectively. And then we follow our patients for three months, and I tell you, the results are always amazing. They're not mm. subtle. Our patients improve by a lot. Mm. We have a lot of patients who come, they either have a diagnosis of Alzheimer's or they think they have Alzheimer's, and within three months, they totally forget about Alzheimer's. They're excited about the fact that they can memorize 20 or even 100 things. We have people in their 80s who memorize 100 things, and they say, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. 
And we did a study of our patients of 127 patients who were pre-Alzheimer's. They were worse than normal, but they did not have Alzheimer's yet. Um, age 70, mini mental of 27 for those who know what this means. Um, and 84% had statistically significant improvement. What was most exciting was that two-thirds of our patients grew the size of the hippocampus. The hippocampus literally grew back. We had reversed the effects of aging in the brains of our patients. And most importantly, this improved brain size and cognitive function was maintained a year later when patients were not in our program. The program's three months, and they move on with their lives. But that benefit is sustained. So I'm really excited about this program. My dream would be to have this program available to everybody across the United States. Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly needed, um, you know, given the rates of Alzheimer's and dementia and looking at, you know, the baby boomer population is getting older and, you know, it's just a huge, huge problem. And the fact that we have therapies like this when addressed comprehensively, looking at all of these different factors we can make these kinds of changes. It really is great. And what it sounds like you're doing really circles back to the very first segment where we talked about where in people that are showing signs of dementia or memory loss, it's not just one clear diagnosis. This isn't a cookie cutter approach. This is understanding their physiology, their unique biochemistry, their brain activity, how their brain is wired, looking at everything and then creating a customized treatment plan to address what their issues might be or their shortcomings might be to get the best support for the brain as possible. Absolutely. And, and you know, people need to know that their brain has a, a large degree of malleability. It shrinks easily, but guess what? It also grows easily. And it takes a multidisciplinary coordinated set of interventions to make that happen. And if you don't have access to me and you want to do it on your own, uh, there are things you could do. I mean, exercise is the single most important thing you could do on your own. Stress reduction, meditation are things you could do on your own. And, um, you know, you can work with your doctor closely to make sure that your medical conditions are treated optimally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you would get the best results when you work uh, with someone who has experience in doing these things so you can see the best results in the shortest amount of time. Again, our program is three months and the brains of our patients grows by about 4 to 8%, which is equivalent of having a brain that's 8 to 16 years younger, within three months. Wow. Um, and again, I think this will be routine practice 10, 15 years from now. Wow, it's really exciting. If people want to learn more about Dr. Fatui's exciting work, they can go to www.neurogrow.com to learn more about his clinic. They can also find all of the books that you've written, and you have a lot of other great information on your website, including science behind what you're doing and a whole overview of how your um, clinic addresses these types of neurological health issues. So, Dr. Fatui, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. It was very informative. My pleasure. All right, everybody, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health until we talk next time. Take care. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside of the Beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. 
Our nutritionists and pharmacists are here to advise you about creating your very own individualized healthy living plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, 5415 West Cedar Lane, or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com.